Welcome back to another episode of the Short Sighted Podcast. Today we're talking to Lori, who went from minus six diopters to minus three diopters. She's also an occupational therapist, so she kind of is in the general arena of helping people improve body stuff. She understands how these things work in general. Interesting episode, I thought. Here's Lori. Where you started with diopters and where you at currently? I think I started wearing glasses when I was nine years old. Started wearing contacts when I was 12. Um, I'm 38 now. Um, I guess I found this whole thing 2018 and I was wearing contacts pretty much like first first thing in the morning to last thing at night. Um, my right eye was negative 5.75 and my left eye was negative 6.0. And I feel like the first couple of years after that, I mean, after starting, it was pretty straightforward. And I had gotten down to wearing negative 3.0 both eyes. Um, but I've had to take a step back just because having a kid threw things off. And honestly, while I was pregnant, I had no energy and probably spent too much time sitting on the couch scrolling on my phone. So... I had to suck it up at a certain point and realize like that I was just a little too adjusted to things being blurry. And so now I'm back at wearing 3.5 in each eye. So about so half of where you started. Yeah, about. So I, I still am really pleased with that. And I feel like since I've taken a step back, I can definitely see progress again. So it's, it's been it's been a really interesting process and um, I still wear contacts most of the time, partly because my kid rips glasses off my face. So it's not very practical, but also um, I just, I really can't stand like not having the peripheral vision, but yeah, I mean, it's. How did you end up with glasses at night? That's early, right? Um, Honestly, partly I really wanted them. I, I was a weird kid. I think I wanted anything that made me like different. And so I remember like, I mean, I think it was a combination that like the first time there was an ophthalmologist or optometrist that recommended them, they were kind of like, yeah, you're right on the borderline of whether you need them or not. And then I was like, yes, let's go for it. And which was a terrible life choice. But I think also somewhere around that age I got like a Game Boy and started playing video games like close up for hours on end I think that's probably what what made it happen um but yeah I wear them some of the time and then of course needed them all the time and then eventually ended up hating them and went to contacts but then just continue down that road of People always ask me this because I always forget to ask. Um, active focus, was that easy to find, difficult to find? How did that work for you? So I didn't, I'm kind of a person who doesn't like to overthink things. So I didn't find it that difficult, but I also didn't try to obsess over it. I think sometimes the harder I think about it, the harder it is. And so... Um, I mean, I, I know I've been intentional to like spend more time, you know, doing things at a distance and all of that, especially early on, I was 
as really focused on that. But I think it just, I mean, it just sort of happened as I was living life. And I mean, I think, I, I don't think I can take credit for this, but I remember some somewhere, someone somewhere in this journey just saying like, you know, your tendency is going to be that when you can't see something clearly, you're going to want to like lean in and squint, but really you need to kind of lean back and relax. And I think what I found is when I just kind of was out in the world looking at things that are farther away, like, you know, your eyes want to be able to see and it just, it would just kind of happen on its own sometimes. That's probably not a helpful answer for people who are really struggling, but my MO is always kind of not to overthink it. And that, that worked for me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, not all the time, you know, sometimes it's easier than others, but. I would say that's the most common answer, but okay. it's noticeable. I always, I mainly notice when things go wrong because that's when people complain. Right. So yeah, we hear most yeah. of that. We don't hear as many of the Lori versions of active focus where you're just like, yeah, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. I think, I mean, I do notice that like when I'm doing something that I would say is more like dynamic rather than static, I think it's easier. Like, for example, I started going disc golfing with my husband a few years ago. And like when I'm watching a disc like fly through the air and watching where it goes through the woods, like then I think that's a lot more of like the right stimulation for my eyes to focus on it versus if I'm just staring at something that's, you know, 200 feet away and not moving, mm. if that yeah. makes sense. Because you have to see it, right? Like it's a, right. it's why I call it active focus. It's the active, the process of actively seeing a thing, right? Like it's like driving or anything where it's not really optional. Yeah, driving for sure. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Which, wear the right glasses when driving everybody. Yes, I I play in symphony orchestras sometimes too. And I think like that can be a good one, especially if kind of going back and forth because you have to look at the music closer up, but then the conductor is far away. And obviously you want to be able to see what they're they're showing you to play and see their movements and their expressions and stuff. So I think that's one where I have to practice a lot too. Right. And even just like the the social interaction of like being able to see people across the room down the hallway and stuff. That's, I feel like that's, I'm never, I mean, I, I think I've read on the forum, some people just going outside and staring at an eye chair. I've never, that's not ever going to be me, <laughs> but like just, just the things in everyday life, like, Oh, look, there's a sign down at the end of the hallway. Like as I'm walking toward it, you know, I mean, it's, I've, if I can't incorporate it into my life and make it easy, it's not going to happen. So that's that's kind of where I do the active focus and how I find it yeah. just just living. And that's kind of the background of the whole enmiopia premise, right? Like trying to make it easy. Because I'm the same way. Like if it's complicated, it's not going to stick. And most for most people, it's the case. For a thing like this mm -hmm. that you found it in 2018, it's like wow, that is ancient history by now, right? Like right. if it wasn't pretty straightforward it would be very few people that would pull it off. Right. But it also, I mean, it makes things easier, I would say. Like, I remember one of the things that, I mean, I think I bought the premise pretty quickly from the start, just, just seeing, you know, other people have done this and seeing the evidence behind it. But 
it's also like once I started wearing like plus lenses for anything close up, like it's just uncomfortable not to. It's uncomfortable to force your eyes to look at things close up with a really strong minus lenses. And it was, I don't know, it's, there is like an element at least of it being kind of self-motivating of it feels better to be able to use your eyes more functionally. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It, it, so you started with, do you remember you started with differentials? How was the beginning of that whole adventure? Figuring it out. So I think I'm pretty sure at the beginning, I think I did it backward. Maybe I didn't do it backward. I'm trying to remember even how you recommend starting, but I know um, it took me a few weeks to kind of get stuff just because in the U.S. I feel like they're especially strict about, you know, you can't just go buy glasses and even ordering contacts um, without a prescription. Like I have to order them from the U.K. and it takes a while for them to get here. But I'm pretty sure I I went out and got some plus lenses at least to wear over my contacts um, for close up and did that for a few weeks. And then I feel like after I kind of got used to that process, I was able to drop, I want to say like half a diopter pretty quickly. I think just because I was probably overprescribed. And once I went down to, I guess it was like my eye, my left eye, that was negative six. I would have gone to like five and a half. And then my right eye was 5.75. So to 5.25. And I feel like that, I mean, it was, almost pretty easy to see in like good conditions and it didn't take long for my eyes to adjust to that. And then, you know, I was just kind of getting in the habit of making sure to switch between like distance and close-up lenses. And I really feel like the first couple of years that I did it, it was pretty straightforward. Like I would have to convince myself not to reduce too soon. Cause I would, my left eye always progresses slower than my right eye. Um, but I think it was when, so I think, yeah, the first, like really going from like negative six or whatever to negative four, that was pretty straightforward, pretty easy. And I feel like every maybe four to six months I was able to reduce again. I mean, I don't think I've never been one to keep measurements and keep track of it every single day. So I could tell you exactly, but after that, I think it was when I was at like 3.75 that I tried to equalize my eyes and that's when it got a little more complicated but up until then I was pretty straightforward I don't yeah. even know if I'm answering your question anymore <laughs> no you're totally are. um yeah and the equalizing is not really that important yeah. with the difference not being that big I say that a lot as long as you can keep it simple like if if it's if it's the same like if your left eye takes longer right and it's mm -hmm. that way every single time and you just wait till mm -hmm. the right eye is caught up and then you do reduce again. Mm -hmm. Like what you were saying, doing it the easiest possible way. You can always worry mm -hmm. about the equalizing once you're down to like in the last diopter range somewhere. Yeah, that's probably what I should have done. But I, I did like probably about two years ago. I, I that just like one quarter difference was driving me crazy. And so... <laughs> I I did and I think that that probably threw off my progress a little bit and I should have just waited but now that I've been wearing the same prescription in both eyes or same diopters in both eyes I guess um for two years 
I, I can't say I really feel like I should go back. I mean, I don't think my left eye is completely caught up, but, but my eyes are used to it. So pretty straightforward the last time half. I've... I mean, cut in half is a pretty good amount. Six is already in a range where things get iffy, right? Like, I don't know, do you, because it's been a long time. If you, do you still have the old classes? I have them somewhere. Yeah. Like if you I compare haven't... it, sometimes it's, I mean, it's fun and scary to see like, even just if you hold them like at the same distance, like your minus 3.5s and the sixes to see how much the image is more compressed in the minus six, how much smaller it is. And just the quality of it next to each other. I don't have any classes around that are that big of a the difference. Like if you look through them, some people can't handle like just putting them on, but even just holding them in front of you and looking at both of them, like what you're looking at is noticeably worse in the minus six because mm -hmm. things have to be squished right to the minus six doctors versus minus yeah. three where yeah. it's almost natural looking yeah i think i've i've noticed that a little bit because i have i mean i have glasses that um i have minus lenses for glasses too that i can wear when i'm not wearing my contacts and i've put those on over top of my contacts like by accident which actually does the same thing. And it's just like this like repulsive, like, oh, everything gets so small. And I do feel like, I mean, I feel like with every time I've like reduced, you can tell a difference. I mean, it might not be as obvious with contacts as with glasses, but even with that, I just feel like things look more real, if that makes sense. Like they just, the colors look brighter and, and for sure with glasses, like it just... Yeah, I can't, I can't stand, yeah, yeah, just how they distort everything. And and even wearing them, they, they distort your face, like for everyone else that's looking at you too. Yeah, your eyes get smaller behind them. That was what yeah. I, that's, that's what started me on this whole thing. Really? Yeah, because I, I had minus four point something and the optometrist said I need minus five. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I had these little tiny eyes, right? Because the same thing happens and i'm like i can't right. this can't keep going on this is right uh, yeah not cool yeah so yeah. even though a minus three is still like you still need corrective lenses your your experience is a lot better than minus six and i can function without them too like because when i was at minus six i literally would get out of bed and the first thing i would do would be like roll over to the bathroom, put in my contacts. Cause I felt like I couldn't even walk through my house. And now like, it's just not a big deal. I'll wake up, I'll play with my kid for a little bit. And then I'm like, Oh, I guess I should go, you know, put on my contacts or something, but it's, it's not like, I can, I can navigate my environment. I can walk outside and get the mail, you know, I could go fix myself breakfast. And I don't think I could have done that five years ago. I would have been like, like in those cartoons where they're like feeling around like what is this you know so it's it feels a lot different kind of surreal because I forget as we're talking I remember this and it feels like it wasn't real like I remember with a minus four point somethings I'd have to remember where I put them because if I didn't mm -hmm. I would never find those freaking things again <laughs> it's I mean it's it's kind of comical slash sad <laughs> kind of because there was definitely some incidences where whatever was going on, like if I misplaced them, 
Yeah, good luck, yeah. right? Like you need classes to yeah. find your classes. Right. Well, and I even, I mean, I don't know. I just, I have some friends and I'm not trying to, you know, speak down on anybody, but people will be like, oh my gosh, I broke my glasses or whatever. I have to like leave work and immediately go to the eye doctor and fix this. And, you know, it's going to be weeks before I can function again. And I just like, it's just not how it should be or really how it is. Like it just, yeah, it just opens up a maybe less myopic way of looking at the world. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. It's weird. Since I haven't done a podcast in a million years, like I forget like what we were talking about before we started recording. Like I've kind of been super minimal on end myopia things and interactions for a while. But yeah. yeah, it is it is odd to rethink about it again, how much this is a a manufactured problem. Right. Like mm-hmm. if glasses weren't available, yeah, okay, you would have gotten to like a minus one or something. Right. In extreme mm-hmm. cases, people go like 1.5, whatever, but it's you can function, you can see in normal daylight conditions, mm-hmm. you find there is no minus six. Right. Like mm-hmm. and now it's normal that people are in this like that's crazy. And I completely forgot that that's even a thing that if you break your glasses and you have to go back to the so-called eye doctor and then be screwed mm-hmm. until you have more, somebody probably right. has to take right. you. Right. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. I buy glasses now from I buy direct and they're always like, Oh, we'll send a second pair to someone who needs them, you know, in a underdeveloped country. And I'm like, please don't do that to them now. <laughs> Yeah, which is funny because in all these so-called underdeveloped countries that I spend most of my time in, um, Mm -hmm. you pretty rarely see glasses until you get into the fancy neighborhoods and the rich kids. Then there's glasses. Otherwise, people seem to see fine. Yeah, we we create a lot of problems for ourselves, I think. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah. I still feel weird being one of those people that are like preaching about one of them. About what? That I'm preaching about one of these problems. I feel like I'm not that guy still. You know. Right. You know. That's a weird world going to do. No, recently, it was recently, like for the first time I tried Twitter ads. Since Twitter got the speech rules changed a lot on that platform. And I wanted to support that, that, you know, that it's going in a different direction. And so I'm like, let's, I paid for the thing, whatever the, you know, the monthly thing. And then I was like, let's buy some ads. Let's support this thing. And I wasn't good at the targeting, like, like who gets to see it? Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of, you know, optometrists. No, interestingly, there is never any feedback that's, that hurts where they're explaining why this is stupid. You know, like mm-hmm. a scientific argument or a logical argument, it's always nice scam, bro, or you're not even a doctor. There's never like, wow. I'm, you know, and somebody said, and then I posted on substance. Facebook. Yeah, I posted on Facebook. And then somebody said, why are you wasting your time on the dumb comments? Like, look for the, the people that disparage, yeah. you know, productively. I'm like, there aren't any though. Right. And it's, uh, that's, yeah, that's that's saying something. It's odd. Yeah. And some of them are literally optometrists that, and I would click on their thing and I'm like, so this is his best argument. And 
in a way, I want to start an argument because I want to demonstrate how there's nothing behind this. You know, mm-hmm. like there's literally an optometrist calling me a scam. And I'm like, you guys have a 6,000% profit margin and you claim you don't know the cause of the thing. And I provide a bunch of free resources and I am the scam. Like, you know, and I want to rope them into a biology discussion of explain to me how, right. but right. nobody ever will. Sadly. They probably, I mean, yeah, they probably for good reason, you know, like nobody wants to be, I guess, exposed as, as a scam themselves. But yeah, that is ridiculous that no one will even engage. That used to upset me, um, like, till I got used to this weird internet thing, right? Because I, I took it personally. I'm like, how is it a scam? Like, that's right? rude. But I'm used to it. <laughs> I think it says a lot more about them than it does about about you, probably. <laughs> yeah. I just no, don't think, I think we're wired that way. Now we're really getting off topic. But I don't think we're meant to be, like, I stopped doing podcasts and stuff for a while because I'm like, it's weird. This one-to-many interaction is really strange. Right. Like, I don't think we're, mm-hmm. our brain isn't really meant to take criticism from a large group of people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. And then I don't notice all the positive because it's like way more positive than negative. But if, yeah. if, if one person says something bad, I remember that. And a hundred positive comments, yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And, then, and people are probably less likely to say something if it's positive because they just take it and go about their life. And I don't know. Yeah, it, because it is pretty easy. I think your experience is the common experience, right? Like you, you find a thing, you figure it out. It's not that complicated. You make a reduction, you notice it works. And then you're like, okay, there it is. And then close up gets uncomfortable with minus lenses or too strong minus lenses. And then you gradually improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really been pretty easy. But then it's weird too, because like, like I work in, I would say I work on the periphery of the healthcare field. I am an occupational therapist, so I'm not right in the middle of it, but I'm around a lot of healthcare people. But I'm also in like the rehab world where we're like, it's it's kind of weird actually the intersection with this because I mean, we're rehabbing people's muscles all the time. And that's that's really all this is, is rehabbing the muscles of your eyes. And I mean, it makes so much sense, but like, I've talked to some of my coworkers about it and some of them are just like, eh, that sounds like a lot of work. And then some of them are like, oh, that makes sense. I should do that. But nobody ever bites. Like, they're just like, eh, whatever. I'll just go on with my life. I'm like, but we work in the rehab world. Like, you know how this works. If you had somebody whose muscle was contracted, if it was their ankle, like, you're not going to treat that by accommodating it and making it worse over time. Like, you're going to push against that. But Somehow, even my own coworkers won't take like five minutes to be like, "Huh, I guess my eyes are the same way." So, I don't know. The world, the world is weird. That is weird. Well, why do? You, why <laughs> would you say that is? I don't know. I think. I mean, maybe people are just busy and they like their easy fixes, and and people just don't like to question like what what the mainstream tells them to like yeah i think i do that a lot with stuff too especially when it comes to diet there's some people in the forum that have really brilliant food insights mm -hmm. i don't want i don't want to like okay shout out to david who's like the 
the best when it comes to analysis of food and and like i have some some not i don't want to say health problems but some some not perfect things that could have been improved by changing certain diet things but they're not really practical where i live right like i can't apply the same things but i could adopt it if i really wanted to and i never have so i am the same way i'm just like if if that's not my topic then i'm like good enough i'm still alive yeah that's i mean if that makes sense i guess it's that's probably where a lot of people are and you know they're like eh, it's going to take me a couple of years to fix it but also a lot of people that i've mentioned it to i mean i don't go around preaching about it but you know if someone asks like i'm not gonna hide it either but a lot of people i mentioned they're like oh that's interesting i'll ask my eye doctor about that and like well you're probably not gonna really get anywhere there but you know yeah. that's okay that's them <laughs> All I have to do is me, so. Yeah, it's definitely a niche kind of pursuit. It's cool, though, because minus three, I could say positive things about all doctors, but minus three, minus 3.5, like you're diopt away from another big revelation. Like minus two is another big one. Like minus two, you're you're almost to where, I mean, for, for like phones and stuff, you're seeing clearly completely at the distance Mm -hmm. and you're really close to that to a place where you don't need glasses for close-up anymore and they feel sometimes sometimes you feel like man i don't kind of don't really need these which with minus three doesn't so much happen yet the clarity and stuff like because you said about walking around the house like morning bathroom wandering around with minus two you almost Mm -hmm. forget about them sometimes yeah yeah, but I won't go outside no. and <laughs> be able to see someone on the street or anything. But no, I I think that's that's kind of the next milestone I look forward to. Like, I think when I first started the process, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be, you know, done with glasses altogether by the time I'm 40. That is not going to happen anymore. But like maybe by that point, I'll be at a point where I can just wear glasses for distance, really be done with contacts, you know. And maybe not have to wear anything close up for most of the time. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Plus, you'll avoid presbyopia, or at least it seems. I've never met anybody who did so. myopia who ended up with presbyopia. Okay. So, yeah. Because otherwise, what happens? You'd wear those minus six somethings, and then uh-huh. you go to your friendly eye doctor, and they're like, "Well, you're getting older," and then you get multifocal lenses, yes. right? Where basically yeah. like differentials but now they're reduced for close-up and they reduce them by like two doctors or two and a half so now your ciliary muscle really doesn't have to work for close-up anymore which it needs to as you get older to keep the lens flexible and now you're dependent now you can't see anything in any distance yeah it was i mean i'm not gonna name any names or anything but i've seen that happen happen to people and like that's that's not how, that's not where I want to be. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it impacts how people live their life too, because like when I've seen people like, oh, hang on, got to go get my reading glasses, you know, oh, got to do this. Like it just, it slows you down. Like you're always just, oh, which glasses do I need? What do I need to do here? Oh, my bifocal, you know, that's, yeah. I, I hope I can avoid that. Yeah. I feel like I want to say just because I'm in this little tiny niche area, I see like, I think it ages people. Like if something happens mm-hmm. in your brain where you just believe that you're old 
or maybe it's mm. just your sensory input limitations where all of a sudden when these things happen like like with hearing aids i've seen that also i've seen it with eyes where people just dramatically seem to get older as these things happen like they behave I can, older i can imagine, imagine that like they move older oh. you know like lots of things there's got to be like an element of like learned helplessness. Cause I think I even had that as a kid. Like I never did sports and I just was like, Oh, I'm just horrifically uncoordinated. I can't throw, I can't catch. And like the past five years, like I think I've kind of questioned all of that. Like I never would have gone out and played disc golf or anything, but I can throw and catch a tennis ball and it is fine. And I think I just never took the time to observe like, Hey, look, I can see how this, moves through the air like I think I just was like I can't do that and anything involving like that I guess visual motor coordination whatever hand-eye coordination like I just assumed I couldn't function that way and so I could be see it being the same thing with with people getting older or whatever just just kind of that learned like oh I can't function that way anymore and I'm not going to do it yeah I had that also Even if it's I wonder if it's like a the brain like limiting you on purpose because you don't have peripheral vision less with contacts because i thought that i was incredibly clumsy um, i never got picked for sports in high school and stuff you know like i was always the kid on the bench and i remember i learned kite surfing when i got rid of glasses completely oh, yeah. and i was shocked like i was like observing my body doing stuff from like i can't do that you know like it's like it's like it's balancing itself on its own. I'm, I yeah. feel that I'm clumsy and I'm observing it, just doing the right stuff and being fascinated. That's, you know, like it does work fine. Yeah. And something yeah. happens with glasses that that limit that behavior yeah. or that thinking that's that you can. I mean, I wonder how much is vision in general too, because I work with like, so I primarily work with babies that are in the neonatal ICU, but like, especially babies that are like, super medically complex and are in the hospital for months and months. And I've been looking at their vision so much more. And like the kids who can't see or haven't, haven't figured it out. I mean, 10 years ago, I would have said the babies that just can't see, but like, it's a process. They make progress anyway, but the ones that haven't figured it out yet, like they don't move either. They don't know how to explore their environment. They don't try and roll over. They don't try and crawl because they just haven't, haven't figured out any of that like how to process their peripheral vision how to process like things at different distances and I don't know that's sorry that's a whole tangent that I'm going on but it's just I mean it just makes me think of all that because I'm sure with glasses too you just kind of zone in and like you don't process everything else that's going on different directions different distances and you just don't I mean it affects so much how you like move around in your environment yeah like soccer you know like i grew up in europe soccer all kids played soccer and i wore glasses oh, yeah. and the first time i get hit in the head with a soccer ball which happens not that big of a deal but when you wear glasses all of a sudden it is a big deal because oh, yeah. smashing your nose you break your glasses right. I, right i see a soccer ball i get scared this still yeah. like i see people kicking a ball around i'm like i'm staying far away from this freaking thing right right that's interesting yeah that's, yeah it's such a casual I intervention i feel like you know like so many optometrists like i used to, i have had so many conversations with optometrists who have a 
extremely limited understanding of what they're doing outside of what they do every day. Like if you want to talk about biology, it's not fair to pick on them, but it's just fact. And it's so casual to throw glasses on somebody without realizing the ripple effects through a person's entire life. You know, there's no, it's the opposite of what you do, the whole therapy and rehabilitation thing. It's just, here's a quick fix that the effects of it affect your life in so many ways that nobody tells you, do you want to accept this compromise? Right. They're just told that right. is the only option. Yeah. And I don't think anybody who's accepting it realizes that either. Like, or if they do, they think it's just this inevitable, oh, I'm just destined to have terrible eyes. And yeah. And now you don't. Think, yeah. Which is nice. very exciting. Yeah. That is very exciting. And I appreciate. I appreciate that you said yes to having a little chat about this. Yeah, it's it's been fun. And I forgot yeah. about your the rehab background. That's very relevant. It must be kind it's of cool also. Right? Like because sometimes I feel like when I explain some of these things, number one, I'm removed, right? Because I've write it onto a website. But also <laughs> I'm more excited to to have that impact on somebody who is in that same kind of world because it makes sense mm-hmm. to you. Like it's not an alien concept to be like, well, these things aren't broken. And over time you can affect biology in a positive direction with stimulus, Absolutely. right? Like if I tell you yeah. that you're like, oh, of course you can. Maybe the I part is new, but the concept isn't. So yeah. I like that. It makes me like personally excited. I'm like, oh, he knows. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to like just find some more occupational therapists that are kind of in this in this bubble because I mean one of the biggest principles of OT is like finding the just right challenge of you know I mean that's probably a lot of fields but like what is just enough challenge to um, elicit a change without being so challenging that either you or your your system gives up and I mean that's exactly what this is so you might find a lot more agreement and I mean there are OTs that work like specifically in vision or like at least like low vision and stuff and I bet they'd be really interested to learn because I mean it definitely wasn't anything that came up in my training you talk about visual processing and stuff but you don't talk about anything like this but but it fits really well with our framework I think for looking at things so Hmm. you might find some allies you'll I'll have to hit you up outside of this sometime and see how it would go about that because i'm not really good at connecting dots and people and well <laughs> i say that i'm really i'm an introvert and <laughs> same but at least uh, i mean it fits well for for me and I, I appreciate it and it definitely clicked so it's a start maybe it's just one person at a time thank you so much unless you have other comments I say this a lot but then i never do it but maybe we will i always say that we should catch up again when you're down a bit further, just for an update. If you remind me, I would love yeah. to do that. People always bug me. They're sure. like, well, where's the update? Yeah. That'll, that'll motivate me to keep, keep tabs on my press progress and, you know, maybe actually write down what I'm doing here or there, but probably not. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. If it happens, great. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Yeah. Thank you. And there we have it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you're in that Dopta range, 
hopefully that was useful for you. If not, there's 50 plus other episodes with all kinds of different adopter stories and people telling their experience. I think all very interesting, all worth listening to or watching. More coming soon. See you in the next one. Meow, 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 meow. Meow.